It's time for Let's Get Real with your host from Bob Richards and Associates, Bob Richards. Bob, how you doing? Michael, it's great to be with you today. It's great to be back with you, Mr. Bob. Bob Thank Richards you. of Bob Richards and Associates, representing Berkshire Hathaway, right here in St. George, Utah. Yes, sir. So good to have you today. Thank you. Hey, you changed, your, you changed your tie. I, I did. I did. I, I figured I got to mix it up a little bit, don't I? Yeah. You know, I'm, I still wear the same clothes. I, I sleep here. Basically. <laughs> I wonder what that Murphy bed was for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a really interesting show today. That's a good word. because this one's about interest rates. Yeah. So interesting. Was that a pun? It, was a, it was a pun. Maybe like not, a, yeah. not a very good I one. I got it. I got it. Yeah. It worked out good. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff happening in the real estate market um, as we're getting close to the end of 2022. Yes. Going into 2023, what what's going on with interest rates? Tell me. Um, does, what's going on? <laughs> Let's just start with there. And then yeah. tell me why uh, the lowest rate doesn't always equal the lower cost. Interest rates really have uh, been a volatile part of our economics, whether that be for short-term rates, long-term rates like a mortgage, uh, home equity line, uh, credit card interest rates, uh, just overall borrowing power that is different with a higher rate versus a lower rate. And we've been so spoiled for the last couple of years with rates that have been down in the twos and threes and maybe low fours for a 30-year mortgage that everybody feels like the chicken little, the sky is falling when we're in the, the low sevens or in the sixes. That simply is not the case. But the reactionary, call it a knee-jerk reaction, is that people go hibernate until the rates come down where they were before. And folks, I'm sorry to tell you, Michael, I know you're already prepared. I'm prepared. We're not going to see those twos, threes, and fours again. Oh, no. Gonzo. Yeah. Wow. Sorry about that. Do you still want to talk? Yeah, I got to go. Okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just think that's, that's a true. I, I have a lot of friends who are sitting around, and I know that they want to buy something. And they're going, well, I heard that the market's tanking. And so I'm going to wait for prices to go down. And then I'm going to also wait for interest rates to go down. I'm going to wait for those two points to converge. And then maybe I'll think about buying. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's like, no. Right. Time to wake up. It, it, it is. If you wait too long, your, your, your beard's going to be down to where Moses's beard was. And so you've got you've got to act and, and understanding what that means to market uh, and, and, and sell your property or be in the market to buy a property. I'm kind of share with you a little bit about the, the, the question about interest rates and, and maybe the lowest rate does not necessarily mean the best buy. Um, we have lenders that are out there that are we call them a Costco lender uh, where they undercut everybody, but then not like Costco, but just from the overall pricing. But then what they do is they up their closing costs. So mm -hmm. you have many loan officers that are offering this, this outstanding rate, but then you have points that are closing costs amount or prepaid interest that you have to pay at time of closing. So you're like, wow, that cost a lot of money. I got to pay $12,000 more than what a normal loan would be, but I got a 5.98 interest rate. Okay, well, how how many months is it going to take for you to recoup that extra $12,000 that you had to get that rate? Uh, and, and was it worth it? If you're not going to be in the home for a couple, three years, then do it. If you're going to be in the home three years or less, I would advise some serious counsel before you pull that trigger. 
So you would probably be a good person to counsel with as to, to whether it be appropriate and the best decision for the me as a home buyer to actually buy down my interest rate to lay out that extra cash and buy that thing down, which is going to add to my upfront costs and yes. to my down payment and all the other kind of stuff. So basically, which is the best way to do this? Is it? To, would you say that maybe it might be better to buy down the rate if I need that to get qualified or, or how do we, how do we work this, uh, yeah. work this? Uh, great question. And yes, you can certainly do that. There's, there's the participation of the seller that if that seller is in a position or wishes to offer X amount towards your loan and closing costs, you could earmark that money towards your buy down of your rate. Mm. And so I, I do also in, encourage people to go get a second opinion. So if they talk to lender A, go talk to lender B. If you've got a relationship with a bank or credit union for a lot of years, go see them. They, they may have, hey, you've been a customer with us for so long, we're going to give you uh, an even better rate and lower closing costs because you've been a member here at this bank or this credit union for so many years. So hmm. second opinion is always good, just as you would with a doctor and asking for a, a second opinion. Uh, certainly do so with, with what one lender may quote and another lender may quote. So is that something that you, as my realtor who are representing me, is that, th- is that something you could do to kind of go and negotiate on my behalf with either the seller or the one of the lenders and say, listen, here's what we need to do. We need to, in order to help Michael get qualified to buy your home, um, would you be willing to buy down the rate or do something? Is that something you can work with the lender or the, the home seller with? Yes, absolutely. And and that's a, that's a key component in the services that we provide as a realtor, as a licensed realtor in the state of Utah and not somebody that's just a, oh, do you want fries with that? You, know, you actually have to work. And, and so if you're representing that buyer, then you are wanting to get the best possible deal for them in purchase price and lower interest rate, lower closing costs, getting them the absolute best possible uh, uh, deal that can be found that is legal and above board and, and has all of the, the little fine print items that are being um, maybe real small in that fine print disclosed and shared. And so that you know you can't refinance for five years or can you refinance in five months? Um, those kind of things are very important as the market uh, ebbs and flows up and down uh, in the upcoming months, years ahead. I understand that there are some new home builders that um, are looking to move their inventory, and they are they seem to be also willing to buy down the rates to help move the property so they can, you know, um, get their cash flow going again, yes. so to speak. Is that something that could be uh, used as well as a good home buying tactic? Yeah, if you if you push pause and then rewind to just a little over a year ago, Michael, we would talk to a builder, and guess what that builder would say? Don't need you. Go mm. go down the road. Take your client someplace. I, I'm, I'm selling these without a realtor. And, and so we really don't need you. Now you come around to second quarter of 2022, and they're like, oh, yeah, we need those realtors back with, uh, with their buyers. So they're offering incentives either to the buyer, sometimes the agent, but mostly just the buyer, which is where it's supposed to be, uh, of $10,000, maybe $15,000 uh, in their buy-down of their rate or to go towards upgrades. Or maybe there's an appliance package that they include. Something of that nature that just is, a, a, again, a little bit of a carrot to, to have them look again uh, at their product and, and maybe get that move because builders love cash flow. 
they need to have that cash going in and cash out to be able to keep their business alive. Um, or they find themselves into a Rob Peter to pay Paul and that doesn't mm-hmm. last for long. And then they're out of business. You know, one, one thing I've always wanted to know is how are these interest rates determined and set? I mean, who's doing this? They seem to be going up and down, up and down. What's causing that to happen? Why are these rates going up and down? Quite the roller coaster ride, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's crazy. And it seems like no matter what channel you watch or radio show that you listen to, uh, there's always noise. And, and I caution people to that and say, you know what? As you're looking at interest rates or buying or selling, beware of the noise. Uh, and, and as you do that, then you kind of peel that onion back a little bit to say, okay, what exactly is the source of the interest rate? It's called the Fed. Now, now the Fed has a, a relationship with the federal government, but it's a different entity or it's on its own. It does have some checks and balances with Congress and with the White House, but it is has kind of its own um, goals and its own uh, profits that they want to achieve and things that they want to uh, have in their bottom line for themselves and for other investors that are investing into the Fed. So the, the stocks, when the stocks are high, uh, rates will die. If the stocks are low, stocks are low, rates will grow. Uh, and so you'll find that as a, as a uh, thing that you want to look at and see, okay, how does that affect what the stock market's doing? What's that going to affect my rate? Also, your credit score, that's a biggie. Mm. Uh, that's like your DNA of financial stability. Um, you have three companies nationally that dictate what you're able to buy and how much rate you're going to pay. So if your credit scores are over 500, you'll get what's called a par rate. That nothing to do with golf. Uh, it just means that what they're quoting you is, is what the flat premium pricing would be on that rate. They, they wouldn't come down any lower. If your credit score is down into the sevens, sixes, and even the fives, if you can even get a loan in the 500 range, your rate is going to be significantly higher because you're considered a risk. You're considered a borrower risk. And the more risk that you are, the higher rate, the higher the rate goes. So I need to make sure my credit score is, uh, is good. Absolutely. And so I've got the Fed over here messing around with the with the rates and then the other thing that comes into play is my personal credit score um, so if somebody's in like the 680 750 that would be considered like the average, average. Pretty, good, mm-hmm. pretty good it okay. is yeah so what can i do to move up my credit score to make it easier for me to buy a home uh, great question there. One thing not to do is all of the commercials on TV that said, click this and, and download our app and you're going to get a, a one-time boost of your credit score. Folks, don't do it. it it's, it's not for your benefit and, and it doesn't help you or I, Michael, as consumers, nor does it uh, impact our, our audience for, for good. It's, it's actually negative. One of the things you want to do, I always advise people, is to find a lender that is uh, sensitive to uh, credit scores and credit ratings have them work with you and you with them on getting that credit score higher. They have the, the keys, mm. the, the, the knowledge, the experience of, hey, here's where your credit is right now. Here's what's showing outstanding or that's been a delinquent or a late. Let's figure out how we can get that cleared off your credit so that you're properly, your properly, your um, credit score increases. So we're sitting here towards the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. And in some of our previous episodes, we've talked about the fact that um, probably, more than likely, 
Um, interest rates are going to come down a little bit, first and second quarter. Mm-hmm. And the market is going to soften a little bit. It's not going to crash. We're right. in a state of correction. So what I should do if I want to buy a home first or second quarter of 2023, I should probably start now to find out what is my credit score and find uh, a credit union or somebody, or maybe even a lender, because I think it helps to, to get pre-qualified. Before I call you as a realtor, I can go and say, hey, Bob, I'm pre-qualified for this much by this lender. Right. So I need to start now and get all of that uh, groundwork laid um, to get my, make sure my credit score is good, because I can't control what the Fed's going to do. Nope. So, But I can control some things in my credit score. Yes, I should probably do that. I should prepare in advance. And then I'm sure it helps you if I come to you in like two or three months and say, okay, Bob, um, I'm looking to buy a house. I've been pre-approved by this lender over here for this much money. Let's go. Yeah. Does, does that make your job a lot easier? Oh, my goodness. And the leverage of that piece of paper, Michael, is is phenomenal. When when you have an offer that goes into a seller that is accompanied by a pre-approval letter that just lets the seller know, hey, we're good to go. See in 30 days at the closing table is, is basically what that in, in essence means. So, yes, the very, very first thing to do is get your credit score higher than where you're at right now and find out where it's at and why it's that way. There may be things that they have disputed that haven't been removed by all three companies. Maybe one company did, the other two didn't. That in and of itself affects your score. So you have to make sure that it's transparent with each and every um, credit reporting agency so that one isn't uh, reporting something that's negative and the other one is not. There's got to be a symmetry there. So, so do they take an average of all three, or do they take the top two? I mean, so there's three. Do they? How does that work? With all, do they count all three, or do they just throw out one and use two? Or how does that work? Yeah, it, it's it's not the adage of two's company, three's a crowd. Okay. It's it's two's company, and we need number three to join us. Oh, okay. So it, it is. It, it's where all three will uh, kind of combine, and and lenders have the right to or option to uh, use two. They can't use one. Mm-hmm. Three's better, but they can do two. So if there's something that's maybe at seven sixty with two and seven forty, if all three are used, the lender can can use the two credit scores of the 760, move forward with the loan, and it's going to be uh, approved. But there's a safety net there with that third one. If it's just kind of, if the third one says it's 580, wow, there's Ooh. there's got to be something wrong between 580 and 760. Yeah, there's something wrong. Could yeah. it be a, uh, a problem with one of the credit credit uh, reporting agencies? It absolutely Maybe can. they messed up somewhere. And- yeah. They are not perfect, and, and, and but but yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you're guilty until proven innocent. That's true. That's true. And that's what's hard. <laughs> so let's say that I, I currently own a home, so I'm not looking to buy a home right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I wonder if I should refinance. Uh, should I get a home equity loan? Should I refinance? Should I get a reverse mortgage? I mean, what, what should I do? I mean. If I don't want to buy a home, is it best to refinance, get a home equity loan, or what? Very good question. I hear a lot of people ask that same thing, uh, Michael, throughout my days and, and, and weeks at work, is what is the best option for us? And and right now, refinancing would be probably the the least effective thing to do, because if that was the option that you had a year ago, you should have taken advantage of that, because again, that was down in the twos, threes, and fours on a refi, which actually now is higher into the sevens. And if you get into a home equity line or a home equity line of credit called a HELOC, 
now you're into the 8% range for something like that. You don't want to refinance into something that's into the the 8th, uh, 8 percent range, even if it's a second loan uh, where you have now your first first mortgage and now a second mortgage at, at over 8%. Not a good, wise financial decision. So so don't do the refinance. Don't, don't do the HELOC. Home equity line only if you have the ability to pay it back and pay it back quickly. If you're going to run it out for the full term, don't do it because it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars in interest. Uh, and that uh, that certainly doesn't bode well for yourself as well. Last thing that I tell people is that, hey, if you're, if you're looking at selling and staying in the area, stay. Don't sell. Uh, because if you do sell, you're going to find yourself paying more for less home and a higher mortgage rate and a higher interest rate. So if you're selling and leaving the area, we're going to miss you, but it's it's okay to sell because you're going to find other markets that are going to find themselves a little bit lower in price. Even five, six, seven hours away from us to the south, the Phoenix area has dropped substantially more in pricing than us here in St. George. They're just down the street, so to speak, from from us. So that would be a good time for you to sell and buy in Phoenix or metropolitan areas because their pricing has dropped significantly more than what you've seen here in the southern Utah area. Each market's different. Yeah. So I think pretty much all of the rates that we've been talking about so far have been uh, pertaining to a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Now, what about an adjustable rate mortgage? What's going on with that? And is that sometimes... A good solution. Um, I can get in at a lower interest rate for a short period of time, mm-hmm. depending on what index it's tied to and those yes. type of things. Tell me a little bit more about those. Yeah, and that, that index is not an index card that you would find with your mom's recipes. This is something that's much more different in, in the way that it responds and the way that it acts. And and so if you're finding something with a, an adjustable rate, you need to look and see how often does that adjust and yes, it can adjust down. Don't bank on it, but it can adjust down uh, and usually will adjust up. And so every year you're notified as to what that new payment will be based upon that index of what that was chosen. And, and, and there's a, I remember the, one of the indexes called the LIBOR mm-hmm. uh, index and there's, there's others. So what is that tied to that's going to have an effect on your rate? Uh, and, and so check the index and then also check to see if there's any prepayment penalty. And then lastly, also look at, okay, if we, if we buy this down uh, or get this adjustable rate, how long do we have to be in the home where we actually see all of the savings by taking that adjustable rate rather than a fixed rate before it adjusts up to a certain ceiling amount, which may or may not be a current fixed rate today. So yeah. meaning that, that that adjustable rate could be 3.5 today, and in three years it could be 7.5 or 7.95. What have you saved over the, the term? It may be worth it. It may not be. Talk to a realtor that has had that experience I certainly do, can certainly help you with that. Lenders can as well to guide you into knowing how long is it going to be before you recoup that money that it costs you to get that lower adjustable rate. All great advice. So, Bob, before we go, what are some final parting words of wisdom that you can share with us about interest rates? Yeah, for folks that are, are looking at the market and seeing what interest rates are, 
don't panic. The thing that you don't want to do is be in, in a knee-jerk situation. Secondly, stay off the TV. Stay off the radio shows. <laughs> don't listen to the noise. Find out who's actually involved in the market. There was a, a national cable channel that starts with a C and ends with an N, and I think an N in the middle of that. Uh, was interviewing an individual that was was bound and determined to be able to know exactly what the market was doing and where things are headed. Well, in the little tag of his name, it says veterinarian. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, okay, well, that's a little different. I don't know how that could be an expert. So find somebody who knows. Turn off all that noise. Wait for five days. Call your realtor, somebody that's experienced rather than the ones that have just been, do you want fries with that? And know what's going to be best for your financial future. Great advice. Bob, thank you for joining us today. We want to thank Bob Richards from Bob Richards and Associates, your Berkshire Hathaway representative right here in Southern Utah and St. George. Bob, thanks for joining us. Thanks, I know with our next one, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite uh, uh, topics that warms everybody's heart. Property taxes. Property taxes, yeah, yes. We'll, yeah. we'll Stay try tuned not to go to sleep. We'll, we'll make it live. We'll make thanks, it alive. Bob. We'll see you next <laughs> time. Thanks. This has been Let's Get Real with Bob Richards from Bob Richards and Associates. For more information, buyutah.com. We invite you to return again for another edition of Let's Get Real with Bob Richards from Bob Richards and Associates. This has been a production of One to One Network.